Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm your host, Paula Jenkins. I invite you to join me as we explore how inspiring people have chosen joy in their lives and what they have to share with us about how to jumpstart joy in the world. Plus, how do we follow our own hearts, find work that lights us up while mindfully noticing the role that joy plays in our own journey. episode 101 and the season two finale. This is Paula Jenkins, the host of Jumpstart Your Joy. This week marks the end of season two on Jumpstart Your Joy. And to celebrate, I've invited several of the most popular guests from this season to return for a round table format discussion. Today, I'm catching up with Laura Sims, Michelle Ward, Deb Cooperman, and Kate Courageous all at the same time. All five of us work as coaches, healers, and game changers, and I wanted to take this opportunity to talk about how we've seen joy showing up since the most recent election. We share about how our businesses have changed, how we see coaching coaching clients reacting, what we each do for self-care, and where we find inspiration in these very unusual and difficult times. I love the energy and laughter that we share, and I'm totally delighted to have these four lovelies back on the show. And at the end, Sarah Von Bargen checks in to share about Joy and what she's been up to since we chatted in episode 86. Before we get to this conversation, I am so glad that you are here. Thank you so much for tuning in this week and always, and for joining me for this very special discussion. I'm humbled and delighted to be rounding out season two, and I could not have a more amazing audience. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I publish show notes for each episode that include links to the guest's website, additional references, and some of my thoughts about the topics we discuss. You can find them for this episode on the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 101. If you like what you hear today, and you want to subscribe, Jumpstart Your Joy is on iTunes and TuneIn. To find the show, you would just search for Jumpstart Your Joy and then click on the cover art to see a full listing of the episodes. You can listen there and of course hit subscribe and you will automatically get each new episode downloaded to your device each week as they are released. Also, if you are looking for ways to bring more joy into your life, I invite you to sign up for my free Joy Plus You e-class where I walk you through some very easy ways to find room for more joy in your everyday. So now without further ado, let's get on to this amazing season two finale with Laura Sims, Kate Courageous, Deb Cooperman, and Michelle Ward. And be sure and listen until the very end to catch a special check-in from Sarah Von Bargen. Hello and welcome to the season two, oh my gosh, finale of Jumpstart Your Joy. Today I have a whole round table of amazing women who you guys already know and love. Welcome to the show, Laura, Kate, Deb, and Michelle. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. So this week on the show, we're taking a look at five of you guys', so the audience's most favorite most downloaded episodes, and I've re-invited those folks back to come back for another discussion about joy and the role of joy in this crazy world right now. So 
If you lovely ladies would like to introduce yourself, explain who you are, who you work with, and maybe what's your favorite dessert, Laura Sims, I will look to you first. Sure. So I'll start with dessert because that's always the best place to start. Any kind of ice cream is fine by me. In terms of work, I help people discover the meaningful work that's right for them. Um, I also partner with Michelle to do 90-day business launch where we help uh, people launch their businesses after we create a custom business launch plan for them. Um, And you can find me at withlarasims.com. Yay. Welcome. And okay, Kate, you're up. Mm, hi, 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 hi. Um, I'm also going to start with favorite dessert. So I have, I, this, these days it's Medjool Dates. I'm Kate Swoboda, also known as Kate Courageous. I am the creator of yourcourageouslife.com. I'm the director of a life coach training certification program, tribeclcc.com. And because people always ask, what does the CLCC stand for? It stands for Courageous Living Coach Certification. And um, as you probably would, would pick up, just from how many times the word courageous has already been mentioned. I'm really about helping people to look at where fear or self-doubt holds them back and how they can learn the habits of courage that are going to move their lives forward. And I have a book coming out next year, which I can officially start to talk about, which is super exciting. And it's called The Courage Habit. And it will be out in uh, May of 2018. Yes. (laughs) Yay. Congrats. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And welcome. Thank you. Um, Deb Cooperman. I see you next. Hello. Hi, I'm Deb Cooperman. And I teach women how to use writing practice slash creative journaling to get over their fear of having to write perfectly, which I think is really about getting over a fear of having to be perfect. And I think that once they do that, they have more access to inter- inner wisdom, you know, strength, self-compassion. And I think women who have access to stuff like that can and will change the world. So I'm all for that. You can find me at debcooperman.com. That's C-O-O-P. And my favorite dessert is usually anything I'm baking, but um, probably uh, pavlova with fresh strawberries or New York cheesecake. Mm. I can't decide. Yum. (laughs) Now I'm craving every dessert, right? I know. Welcome. And last, and there are no leasts, of course, here, um, is Michelle Ward. Hello. Oh, I'm used to being last. The W in my last name. I'm always just at the end of the list. It's fine. It's all good. (laughs) I'm Michelle Ward. I'm known far and wide as the When I Grow Up coach, and I help creative women discover and launch their dream businesses. Um, I've been doing that full-time since March 2010, and I still knock on wood. I'm so grateful every day that I get to do this work. And my favorite dessert, well, I am vegan now, and whenever I cheat, it's usually with dessert. But if I have to go with, like, vegan dessert, homemade popsicles are what we're doing right now. Like, we just did a watermelon cucumber popsicle, and that was really good. But there's also, I think it's called Coconut Bliss Ice Cream, which is like, oh my God, the most amazing thing. So those are mm. my, so that's Yum. Now. Yeah, that's what's happening now. 
Yay. Well, and I feel like I should introduce myself in case you're new to the show. Um, I'm Paula Jenkins, certified life coach and podcast host. Also, I do a podcasting boot camp. Uh, I help women uh, rediscover their joy and find their voice. And you can find everything about me and my show and this episode at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 101. <laughs> Woohoo! So welcome, everybody, and let's jump into the questions. I am really excited about all the answers, and I'm imagining we will wander as uh, as we are known to do on this show. So let's kick it off, and I will go to Deb. You first. What's new in your world since we last spoke? And I don't know if you want to talk about anything that's been especially challenging for you. Well, what's new in the world since we last spoke, I I haven't looked at the newspaper yet today, so it could be anything. (laughs) But um, (laughs) um, in my world, um, I launched a new online creative writing practice program, and that has been awesome times awesome. That's just been uh, my heart and wonderfulness. My stepson's wife is going to have a baby. That's really exciting. Uh, that's a personal thing. And what's been particularly challenging, staying positive and focused when so much of the world around us seems to be losing its head, you know, Mm. and then probably discerning what and how much I can and can't do about it all. That would probably be, yeah, that's particularly challenging these days. Yeah. I'm nodding my head. I'm sure a lot of us are. Um, And we'll jump into the what are you doing about it uh, as a next question. But let's let, I don't know, Michelle, why don't you weigh in on what's new and and what might be challenging for you? Um, Well, we did 90 day business launch. That was amazing. Um, All of the women that are joined that program um, are going to launch their businesses on November 1st. So Laura and I are in the coaching group, we call it the launch league, getting, getting everyone ready, <laughs> writing them about their, their copy and helping them build their websites. That's been amazing. I'm also working um, business-wise on a virtual conference slash bundle sale hybrid that's called Pivot Assembly that's happening um, September 13th, 14th, 15th. So that is like all hands on deck. Um, and then personally, uh, my little three-year-old is going to go to pre-K um, starting September 7th. And we've had a little, we've had some ups and downs with childcare this summer. So mm-hmm. we last spoke, she's just been home a lot and dealing with, you know, toddlerish things. Um, so what's been really hard for me is like ugh, finding that balance, even though I want to roll my eyes at that word, finding mm-hmm. balance between you know, being able to be with my kid and like relieve my husband of being, you know, being the eight hour a day childcare person and doing my work. And like, I'm about to take a vacation. It's been really hard to take a vacation. I still feel like I have to really be diligent to take a vacation. Yeah, it is hard with so much going on. And then well, it's so important. It also feels like it's so hard. Yes, I totally hear you on that. Yes, yeah. Mm. Oh, that little peanut. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And we'll jump to Kate next. And, and you'll see, listeners, there's several little kids amongst uh, the ladies that are represented here. So I, I bet we will find some synergy there as well. But Kate, what's what's been new and what are your challenges? 
I think I think the biggest challenge that I've had recently is just really feeling like I want to be the book thing getting getting a book published with a traditional publisher is totally intimidating to me which means I get to like practice my walk my talk and 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 all that stuff like in my whole way of looking at how we practice courage it's not about fearless it doesn't exist and anybody who says otherwise is pandering to what's an easy sell cuz we would all love to be fearless but nobody is and so i don't you know proclaim to be fearless and that means that i've been going into some of my own fear you know what am i going to do if the book doesn't do well, what am I going to do? If it's just meh, what am I going to do if it does crazy well? And suddenly I feel like I'm totally unprepared for that. You know, the book, the book, the book has been on my mind like crazy. I just got done with an eight day workshop where I was out of town and away from email for eight days. And I had done some work with the people who run this workshop before, but it, you know, so I knew it was going to be really great, but basically like you know, coming out of some of the insights that I had about, you know, who I want to be, how I want to walk, my way of being, changes I want to make in my business, all of those things. We've probably all done the workshop or whatever before, and then the workshop glow fades, and then it's like, oh, I'm back to my life. Now what? And so I'm really working right now at the moment on being in that. And I also have a three-year-old, <laughs> um, Michelle's age. We're in a sweet spot with with my kiddo at the moment. Two and a half to three years old was whoa, but uh, at the moment we're we've been in a little streak of of this of a sweet spot, and so you know. Knock on wood. Give it a few more months. I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll share something different, but you know, that's, that's my update. Yeah. I love how each of us sees the challenge or we each have challenges in extremely vulnerable places. And it's interesting just to look and see how amazing women face these things. And they're all such real things that maybe we aren't hearing from blog posts or Facebook posts or whatever. So I'm grateful that you guys are sharing some of the behind the curtain pieces. Thank you. I like to keep it real. So I appreciate that you guys do too. And Laura, what has been new for you? Yeah. So 90 day business launch, as Michelle said, was great. Since we last talked, your coming, which is my career change program has wrapped up that wrapped up last week. And I'm doing something right now in my business I've never really done before. And I blocked off almost three weeks on my calendar to just not plan the next new thing. The last year has been really intense. We moved from out of state and did this house hunt and all this stuff. And it's just been, it's been a great year, but it's been intense. And so I just wanted to plan a little downtime where I could really kind of zoom out from my work and look at what's working and what's not and what do I want to change and are you know are there any structural things I want to do differently um, and also just give myself a little bit of a break and it's been I'm about halfway through that right now and man I wish I did this more often um, <laughs> it's really really nice and then I guess you know in terms of challenges I, I feel like ah, personally you know, just in, in my work as a parent, as a wife, as a daughter, as a sister, as a, <laughs> you know, as a person who services clients, as a larger citizen of the world, you know, what's been really challenging for me lately is walking the line and trying to figure out what's most constructive in terms of when to engage something 
and, and be active and when to disengage and either say, that's not my place, that's not my problem, or I need a break. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't always get it right because sometimes I, <laughs> especially lately, I just want to rage and I just want to point fingers and I just want to blame people for what's going on in the world or what's going on in my kitchen. And, you know, finding when it's okay to take action out of anger, when it's okay to withdraw from a situation because I'm not going to do anything good, (laughs) when it's Mm -hmm. time to give, you know, my platform to someone else because they're going to say something with more experience or or knowledge than I can. So I, I think that's... That's the big thing that's been going on for me. I like that you're giving yourself the space to just be for a few weeks. That sounds absolutely dreamy. And also the wisdom involved with the piece of, you know, where do you engage or where do you just let things be? Like that's, I'm sure the other roundtable folks here are like nodding their heads saying yes. I mean, I don't know if you guys want to jump in on that one. It feels like that's been a huge challenge for me as well. Well, you know, I was, I was saying that earlier, that that's that, that discernment piece of mm-hmm. what can I do, what can I do? And sometimes I think that the work that I do is my rage, you know, <laughs> but I don't, then I think, oh, well, that's not enough. And, you know, like, like Laura said, you know, sometimes we have to give it to someone else who maybe can say it better, has a bigger platform or something like that. Michelle, you said it. I hate the word balance. I don't like the word balance <laughs> either, but it is. It's, it's, it's a fine line that we walk, I think, around how much can you do, how much can you let go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, um, very, this is Michelle. I was, um, very, very guilt, guilt, felt very guilty and very conflicted as a two-time breast cancer survivor and someone who, I mean, you know, the, the Affordable Care Act basically helped my family, I don't know, not go bankrupt, <laughs> mm-hmm. allowed me to use the the doctors that, you know, these world-class doctors. And I remember, you know, after inauguration and when the healthcare discussion really kicked up, it was very, it was very hard for me because I have aligned myself with a grassroots group here in New Jersey where I live and I've been as involved as I could but it started to you know like hey can you go to this rally you know on a Thursday at two o'clock and 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 I wanted to go to all of them (laughs) I wanted to do all of them Um, there was one point where on my daughter's birthday it was right when the health care bill came up it was May and the senator asked to for me to be part of a roundtable to talk about the Affordable Care Act and I was I was so distraught <laughs> because well well this isn't what my three year old wants to do today but how can I not go and do this and so it's been very hard I feel like you know a lot of the people in the in the grassroots organization that I belong to and, and specifically the healthcare subcommittee are like older people who are retired <laughs> it's like as a business owner as the sole you know the the breadwinner of my family as a as a mother of a toddler like can only do so much. <laughs> So it's very, very hard. I had to decide early on. I'm picking my battle. My battle is, is healthcare, and and then I'm just doing what I could do, and I can't make myself feel bad that I can't go everywhere and do everything. And you know, I'm able to give in other ways as well. So all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, I'm doing monthly donations to Planned Parenthood and the ACLU because I know I just I can't volunteer more. <laughs> it just can't happen. Mm. 
Yeah. And I mean, I know so this is Paula again. Uh, I've felt a very similar thing even about the platform of this podcast, which I know I chatted with Deb a little bit at one point, maybe all of you, but is joy an appropriate thing to be <laughs> putting out there? Yes, but yes. <laughs> Hard things and is joy, right? And And then the other question that comes up for me is like, how can I talk about joy when I know my joy is only possible? And I'll use the word at the expense of others, because I feel like that's a really hard conviction, if you will, to sit with. And so I've really looked this thing over and joy is such a fickle little muse and come to this place where it's like, well, no, there's this is important. And if I can't be me right now, well, who else could I be? And maybe the world needs a lot more of the joy I have to to make things better. And I mean, and I see each of you all being a very similar example in that you're all offering something that is so authentically you in the way that you can do it, that that's what the world needs right now. So uh, that might have been off on a little tangent of sorts, but I don't know if anybody wants to f- talk, speak into that kind of the conflict there too, of like, what do you do and and how do you keep doing it? I don't know. It, it seems like a big question. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think that, you know, I've, I've become hippy-dippy enough to think that if everyone is just an angry person all the time in the world or in, in this country, it does not improve the situation in any way, shape, or form, and it makes things worse. And so I think that tapping into our joy and doing the work that means something to us and being courageous and, you know, going to the root of, of who we are and how we put good and kindness and love into the world is like pretty much the best thing we could do at this point. Mm. Well, I also think people don't stop needing other services because the world gets weird, Mm. Um, (laughs) you know, or, or difficult. And so I think, you know, I, I've definitely seen, online businesses who just kind of seem oblivious, like, let's just carry on as if nothing weird is happening and la la la. Um, And that always kind of strikes me as odd. Um, And then, you know, there are other businesses that are, you know, and leaders that are have a sensitivity to what is going on with their readership and with their broader community. Um, Some, some address it really directly and head on some, you know, kind of use their point of view or their whatever the theme of their work is to, to talk about, you know, how do you, how do you address certain things, you know, through this viewpoint or, or through this lens, you know, so I think keep it up with the joy, you know, like as long as there's a sensitivity to what your listeners are experiencing and what's going on with them, you know, we don't need less joy. Maybe just the conversations we have about it change. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think we, we will always need joy. I mean, and, and Kate, I want to jump to you for this question too. I, I, but I'll also say like, I also take inspiration in someone like Tina Fey because like the whole cake sheeting thing was so spot on. <laughs> like, But it had to be delivered in that humorous, loving way or it would have just been a rant, right? <laughs> so I think there's that nuance that's really lovely and, and someone else that's doing their thing and doing it in a way that's really calling all the weirdness to the carpet in a way that we can really pick it apart and laugh at it. And maybe we wouldn't have been able to if she wasn't out there doing her thing. Kate, what what do you see either in, maybe in the training, has that changed and the people and how they show up? Or is there a piece of your own business that like, 
I don't know, courage gets called out in a new way because of the weirdness of the world. Well, the big wake up call for me, because I was always pretty opinionated about politics and read the news every day and all that stuff before Trump was elected. Although I did have the moment of cognitive dissonance that so many people had, like, how is it possible that this person could be elected? And at the same time, there was a part of me that wasn't totally surprised. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Missouri. I have a number of relatives who I am sure voted for Trump. I have read the work of George Lakoff when in another life I was a college professor and I, in fact, taught George Lakoff's book, Moral Politics, which lays out that basically people from different political parties have different frames for how they see the political situation. I will let I will do, I will refer people to his work to get the full rundown, but I, I, I didn't. I, certainly agree with Trump supporters or conservative politics, but I I felt like I understood that that was their frame and I had my frame and I was going to do what I could to advocate on behalf of what I believe and, and all of that. But here's where I drew the line. I had this idea prior to the, the Trump election that business and politics should remain relatively separate. And if mm. you go dig through my archives there are certainly things that I've said about social justice. There are certainly things I wrote years ago about spiritual bypass in personal growth. And I've said before that I'm not into um, law of attraction or reciting a bunch of uber positive affirmations precisely because it denies empathy and understanding for people who are facing systemic oppression. But here, but I never like went you know, I can't, I don't know why I want to say this, but I really want to say balls out. (laughs) I never went like balls out. Like, here's the thing, you know, what I feel politically is going to be something I'm posting about near daily on my social media feeds and asking other people to wake up with me. And that I think is the thing that I sort of pay my penance for now, because it's people like me who were aware yet didn't speak out enough that contributed to the problem. And I think that Kelly Deals is incredibly smart when she says that um, we are the culture makers. And so if those of us who are aware start creating a climate on Facebook of like everywhere all of our interlinked friends looked, everybody is talking about how this is wrong. I think that's how we wake people up. So I think it is our job to use our privilege, our awareness, et cetera, to talk to other people about what's going on and to not normalize it. This administration is not a difference of political views. Mm. This administration is the forwarding of discrimination against LGBTQI, against Muslims, against women, against people of color. Like this is this is an, an anti integration agenda. And that's very clear. And then the other thing that has been a wake up call for me is that I need to take more personal responsibility in terms of my actions in my life. And so like when Michelle mentioned that she's gone vegan, I'm like fist bump girl, because we don't have an administration that we can count on to keep the EPA alive. So if eating meat and the raising of meat and poultry is the number one contributor to pollution in our environment, And if it is, it's more dangerous than fracking. And if the communities that are most disadvantaged by the raising of meat and poultry are lower income communities, because certainly cesspools of pig waste never get put in like a rich community. They get put in the poorer communities where those people breathe in the off-gassing and all these things. 
if I know that, then I need to prioritize something beyond the fact that I think bacon is delicious. Okay. Like, like I'm going to be real. It's delicious, but I need to prioritize something beyond that. And so those are the sorts of things that I'm looking at in my life. Like what are the the choices where I might need to give up some privilege? I might need to give up something I like for the greater good, or I might need to inconvenience myself for the greater good, or I might need to expose myself to criticism by being really out about my political views for the greater good. I love that. Thank you, Kate. And, and I'm glad that you're not, not keeping business and politics separate. What have you seen change in the people that you work with slash encourage slash meet with on a client basis? Has, has the world's look on things or the way that people are asking for help or the things they want to bring into the world, has that changed in the last, what, nine months? What have you guys been seeing out there? And I'll go to Deb first. I guess where I'm seeing it is I've offered a few early on. I mean, right after the election, I, I offered a pop-up event, you know, just, I didn't know what to do. I offered this event, just like, let's, let's write through this post-election, you know, crazy. And you know, had a lot of people joining. And then I have did it again at the inauguration. And now I find, you know, there's just that, that there was a need that there seemed to be a need to process and vent in a safe space. It seems to me that now um, women are really, you know, kind of weaving this venting and self-care into their process. It just seems like we're so many people are trying to find some kind of footing here and trying to figure out what they can do. And, um, you know, it's, I go back to that same thing, you know, just figuring out what you can do, among it and and then doing what you can because it's just you know this stuff I, I think as you said Kate it's all been there it's all been there but I think that that guy in the Oval Office has just given it a whole new level of oxygen and so the women that I work with are just are just looking for a place to vent and kind of pull apart the the craziness and the upheaval I think is the only way I can put it. I like the observation of it has given it a whole new level of oxygen. Yeah, that's very well stated. <laughs> Laura, what have you seen? Are people reaching for, and, and Michelle too, are people reaching for their dream careers in new ways? You know, that's, I'm glad you asked that question. So, you know, my specific focus is helping people find the meaningful work that's right for them. And I was really worried that what this year might look like for my business. I thought, you know, if, um, socially and politically, and uh, you know, things are more unstable. Maybe people won't want to take risks in their career. Maybe they won't want to change anything. Maybe they'll just want to kind of hunker down, hold on to what they have, and play it safe. And I've seen the opposite. At least, you know, from where I sit in my little business, the people with that I'm working with, they don't just want to make a difference on Facebook or on the weekend or with a twenty-five dollar donation somewhere. They really want their everyday get up and go to work, work to help people. And they want to do it in all different ways, right? Like some people want to, you know, go in the medical field or they want to be writers or they want to start their own yogurt company. I mean, how they want to do it is all over the map, but, but it all roots back down into how can I use what I have to help people? So that, that seems to be coming through loud and clear. Yeah, I would agree. And I'll knock wood here too. I really kind of prepared myself for 
things being slower and people not being here on the other side of my offers this year. And I think that there are service-based businesses that have been struggling more than usual this year. And I think that's because, you know, and, and I've been having this conversation with, with my clients and my, my existing coaching groups multiple times of like, how can I actually work on my business when the world is blowing up around me? And how could I actually come back to think that this is important in the grand scheme of things? But what's interesting is that while I know some other coaches specifically who are having problems filling their programs or, you know, filling their events or or retreats, my people have been showing up in spades. And um, I think that it's just a real testament, you know, to just echo what Laura said, of people saying, like, this is the time now. (laughs) This is where I need to take this seriously, where I could put some good into the world and where I need to step things up in my life and in a variety of ways. Um, And this is how I can make a difference. So I think that that has definitely been showing up more than I thought it might be this year. Yes. I'm so glad that's true. (laughs) And Kate, what have you seen? I'm in the exact same space as Michelle. I I have definitely heard stories of people who have not been filling courses and things. Um, And, you know, I don't always know how much that's due to Trump or, or, you know, what's going on politically. But I definitely have seen like my newsletter subscribers right after I, I, you know, the election happened. And I think I was in shock for about a week. And then it was, and I started being really open about it and sharing more about it. And I, I, I can actually directly see that I had more subscribers around that time, even though I have not pivoted my entire business model to be about like how to have the courage to take a stand or, or about activism or social justice. And I don't consider myself an activist Uh, to me an act, a true activist, like sacrifices a hell of a lot more than I sacrifice, but maybe that's my own like internal thing I need coaching around or something. I see people who are hungry for this work. And I would say that the, the kind of big stumbling point that I see for most people is that when people who have been part of marginalized groups are not willing to do the emotional labor to like educate, you know, people of privilege about all the ins and outs of things. Sometimes people of privilege are responding to that with a lot of like, Hey, I'm hurt by that. I I'm trying to show up, you know, da, da, da. And, and so, you know, that's the big thing that I see as like a stumbling block, but I absolutely see what others have shared here that people are hungry to do something different and, really hungry to take on that work. And, um, and I think it's been great. I think it's been really, really great. That's interesting. Um, Cause even, even in the podcasting boot camp, the numbers were a little bit less, but the hunger and the drive that I have seen from the people in the class has changed and shifted. I mean, and the, and the conversations that we're having about what do you want your show to be and what is your message I mean, these are big things, you know, it's not to say that the previous classes weren't, but the hunger, the drive and the intention has shifted a little bit, I think, or a lot. And I'm super excited to see what what's going to come out of this class, because there's a hunger there that's just gorgeous. (laughs) And uh, it's almost like it's a it's cauterized people into no, 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 I got to get clear right now. I I agree. I definitely see that with my people. It's there's you do the work because you've got to do work. You've got, there's other work in the world I have to do. So I better do the work on myself because if I don't 
get strong and I don't get compassionate with myself and clear, then I'm no good to anybody and I can't do the work. And that's, you know, that, that hunger, that drive for it definitely shows up there too. Yeah. What have you guys seen? What's been surprisingly hopeful? Where has joy jumped out and surprised you in these times, either with these clients or, you know, it could be something totally different. Um, I just see, I mean, I guess what, what gives me hope, you know, is just seeing a movement towards really listening to the voices of the people who are jeopardized by pick your poison of the day. Um, whatever marginalized group is on the chopping block on any given day. Um, I think there's a lot more listening by people who have more privilege and there's a lot more amplifying marginalized voices um, and speaking on their behalf. And, and uh, I don't know about you guys, my Facebook feed looks a lot different than it did 18 months ago. Um, you know, I'm overhearing different conversations when I'm out in public, I'm having, you know, different conversations. And I think a lot of us are woefully late to the party. But, you know, I do think there is a a new awareness and an energy around advocating for marginalized people and, and, and putting something on the line, you know, like, actually, like Kate was saying, maybe not going even full activist, but putting your reputation on the line or being willing to lose business or being willing to have someone be mad at you. I find that really, really encouraging. And I don't know what I call that joy. I don't know. It gives me hope. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Kate, do you want to go next? Yeah, that gives me hope. I'd say those things give me hope. I I think Laura phrased it beautifully. And I, I think the only other thing I'd add is that I feel more full I feel more connected to humanity. There's something really beautiful to me about how the first time in history that I can tell at least when when the person on Trump's business council, the first person says no, no more after the Charlottesville response and that is a black man and then very shortly thereafter two white men quit too. It just seems like for as hard as things are, that we're also seeing these pieces that are coming through that have me go, people are getting it on some level. And I, I really love seeing the power of the consumer. I love seeing situations where like businesses are really like, like, hey, like if we aren't conscious, our, our customers will be for us and we will lose business over this. I love seeing the amplification of you know, women of color in particular in the coaching space, that's just the bubble that I happen to be in, but like in the coaching space, in the coaching world, but like more people of color in personal growth, getting more amplification. Those are the things that give me hope because to me, there's like some kind of a collective behind all of this. It's not just a few people who are sort of being portrayed as outliers. There really is a hunger for the world to change in a deep and meaningful way. I think it's real. That gives me hope. I love that. Deb, do you want to talk a little bit more about the hope you're seeing or what's hopeful to you? One thing that I've noticed on a personal level is I am about as secular as Jews get. I mean, my dad was Jewish and my mother was Presbyterian. She converted to marry my dad. We had none of it really. But I never feel more Jewish than in times like these. Mm. And I don't usually identify myself that way. And uh, there's this part of me that just feels like the, the terror, 
you know, there's a, a level of terror um, that happens. And so I'm grateful to see other people standing up because I remember that old that old poem, you know, first they came for the socialists and then they that the days are all different days, but they may not be coming for me as a middle class white woman, and they may not even be coming for me as a half Jew, but they're coming if we're not standing up. They're coming if we don't keep talking. And so what Laura and Kate were saying, you know, and the people out there who are uh, stepping up, um, make me feel stronger to step up. It's just encouraging to see. Yes. Thank you, Deb. Very well stated. That poem rattles in my head often, and I'll put it in the show notes for those of you who don't know it. Yeah. I don't mean to be a downer. Like that's, oh, that's, no, you're, part, that's, of is, part of it is a hopeful. I mean, um, there's like the downer side, but then there's the hopeful side of we're all, I think we're all waking up. Right. We're all waking up and we, we have to, and we have to. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it's a really a hard way to have a lot of conversations start, but the conversations are starting and people who are feeling a little too comfortable are getting rattled out of that comfort zone and into a space where they realize, oh, maybe growing up. I didn't have to be too on guard, if you will, to to the to the world and these things that might come and and attack, you know, my reality. But but now it's very clear that we we can't be as comfortable as maybe we were for several decades. If we were, you know, like these things were always a reality, and now it is very clear that even things we thought were safe are not feeling so safe. And so it's hopeful to me that we're all having the discussions. Michelle, do you want to jump in on this of where you're seeing hope? And where joy might be unexpectedly showing up. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think <laughs> to say something that I guess that hasn't been said, I think it's just, um, you know, being paying more attention to our own day and day to day life. And I know for me, it's about practicing um, gratitude and meditation. And, you know, I started running again and feeling more present in my body. And like today, I decided to play hooky for most of the day. And, my family and I went to the zoo, and at one point, you know, it was like me and our daughter and my husband, and we're on like the little train that goes around the zoo, and it's a beautiful day outside here, and um, the breeze was exactly right, and it was cool, and it was just one of those like perfect, joyful moments. And so I think we need to do all that we can to uh, stay present and, and notice and acknowledge the wonderful gifts we still have in our life. And, you know, what's really important to us. And then I think, you know, to speak politically, too, just a little bit, you know, I definitely had that question after the election, like, why? <laughs> why is this happening? And what what is the universe trying to teach us? Which is a question that, you know, has been on my mind in, in different aspects of my life. Like, what, what's the universe trying to teach me with, you know, X, Y, and Z? And I really do feel like the universe is trying to teach us all a lesson about, rising up and being our own best best advocates and taking ownership for how we're governed. And I, I think that so many of us were really kind of just, I wouldn't say asleep at the wheel, but like, oh, let's just let the elected people do it. That's fine. Like, you know, if you go vote, great. That's probably what, you know, the most of what most people were doing. And so I, I could find goodness and joy and positivity and optimism and the fact that so many of us have woken up and taken these 
steps um, that we just otherwise wouldn't have if this didn't happen. I think that's going to serve us well in the long run. Uh, Michelle, I love that question of what is what is the universe needing us to learn or what will we all kind of collectively learn from this? Thank you for putting that one out there. I like it. Sure. Well, let's talk a little bit then about, since we all are in kind of service-based industry, uh, and more importantly, that we kind of are all in the healing arts and work with game changers. What are you guys doing for yourself, um, self-care, if you like the word, or just doing to take care of yourself <laughs> to try and keep your own self in the game and fresh and ready and, uh, I don't know, alive. Laura, I know you said you were taking three weeks to kind of not think about the business. Do you want to share a little bit more about either how that looks or what else you're doing? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say I'm not thinking about my business, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm, not hustling, I'm not hustling to build the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking a, a slowdown. So, um, so yeah, just scheduling that kind of stuff on my calendar, you know, I actually, you know, went on a vacation out of town without checking email for five days last week, which I have not done the entirety of the time since I've been in business, take like five days to go off the radar, you know, just being able to plan <laughs> downtime like that is really helpful. And then also not just hold out, you know, for these big gaps or hold out for a weekend, but, you know, really give myself an evening to just get lost in a book or, you know, to like just chill on the back porch with a glass of wine or to go, you know, have dinner with a friend and make sure that I'm building in retreat from the world and, you know, engagement with people that I like and care about, um, you know, into my week so that it's not like, Ooh, just hold out for the big exhale that I can kind of pace myself throughout the week a little better. Love it. <laughs> Michelle, you mentioned an amazing day at the park. What else are you doing to kind of reconnect and stay, I don't know, stay present? Yeah. Well, Deb will love this. Journaling. <laughs> Yay! Now journaling. I have a series of prompts from my own life coach that she gave me like well over a year ago. and. There's prompts for the morning and prompts for the evening. And I try to at least do one of those prompts every day. Um, It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens pretty frequently. And so I do that and I bullet journal and um, I'm going back into running and um, drinking a lot of water and, you know, trying to eat the right foods, trying to like not work all the time, (laughs) trying to, you know, keep my phone down when I'm with my family, um, all of that sort of stuff is really, really important. Being present with my kid when I'm with my kid, not like trying to do work or answer, you know, even personal emails or pay bills or something while I'm like supposed to be with my kid. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's that sort of stuff that I've really been been looking at and, and working on. I love being present. It's it's such a challenge, but such a delight. Very Especially hard. with the little kids. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes. Sure. Deb, Deb, how's it? How are you taking care of you? Well, you got to know I'm going to say writing. Um, <laughs> yes. Getting stuff out on, on the page and out of my head is huge. I am a believer in the oxygen mask first concept. So I think self-care is, you know, imperative. If we're, if we're not rested, if we're burnt out, um, then we can't do our work, show up, you know, all of that stuff. So 
You know, I try to find pockets in my um, my week where I can make sure I'm seeing a friend or I'm, you know, meeting someone for a walk or, you know, just getting out and doing, having a walk myself. Um, beyond that, actually, podcasts have been really helpful, mm-hmm. you know, yours and others, um, because hearing how other world changers are coping, that's been really helpful. And, uh, you know, honestly, you mentioned earlier, comedian, I, I watching comedians and late night hosts, you know, sort of speaking truth to power in the way that they're doing it with that kind of uh, incredulous, wonderful humor. Um, that reminds me that I'm not alone. And that's helpful. Um, and I've also been doing um, meta meditation, um, which some people call the loving kindness meditation. So um, I still have trouble sending some of the meta to the Oval Office, but I do it anyway, because <laughs> I sort of feel like on some level, um, all the acting out is coming from a honking big wound that just needs some loving kindness to heal. So may he be filled with loving kindness, may he be safe from inner and outer dangers and all that, you know, I just keep anything that roots us to what really matters when everything around us is kind of crazy. Self care helps. Yeah. <laughs> and Kate, how about you? I've I've gone back to a practice that I used to do, not just because of political stuff, but um, um, I've gone back to a practice that I used to do years ago, and it's basically, I guess the the most similar context people would would have for it is like a five rhythms type of practice, but I do it at home. So I've got these playlists um, on my computer. One is like all the saddest possible music, you know, those songs that always make me cry. And then the other is like the anger, like kind of music. And I'm, I'm taking 15 minutes to 30 minutes a day to just be alone in my home office and um, cry it out, scream into a towel. Um, it's like, I mean, it sounds like completely weird and, and all this, but I just feel like, um, you know, uh, I love the metaphor of like um, having a full balloon. You know, if you have a balloon that just gets too full and too full and too full, eventually it either leaks or it pops. And I feel like I, I have a really full balloon, you know, from, from life, from my own stuff. I feel like there's all this stuff that I'm internal fear, internal, not enoughness, da, 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 that's held me back in a lot of different ways. And I've done a lot of my like mindfulness stuff. And I've done a lot of my, you know, talk therapy and my coaching and all this stuff. And like, there's still stuff in there that I think is best processed out in that way. So that's what I've been doing. Sounds super well, weird. I know, but I'm totally, oh, serious. Serious. I know it doesn't sound super weird. I'm totally <laughs> weird. <laughs> well, and I love it. I want to call out for the audience. Like I, I'm hearing even coaches have coaches. Like it's so oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's good to have a place. I mean, I call people like myself an external processor. Like I love to just work through it with words. So I think that's so important. And even just the, what, the like the very visceral audio or like kind of like, I don't know, yelling. Like there's something really, there's a great release about yelling in your car if you have to or whatever. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you guys are all saying that, I'm realizing that like this summer, I really made a lot of space if I'm thinking about like, how have I taken care of me? Like last year was really thin, um, I'll admit it, income wise. And so we were very hunkered down and watching every penny. And now that I'm back at a nine to five job, there's more 
space there. And so this summer I've just, we've been on a couple of vacations um, that weren't extravagant, but I wouldn't have let that happen last year and went to places where we could be near friends and the beach. And, um, and then the second vacation was the family and we all rented uh, little apartments next to each other in San Diego and we're just there and like, didn't have to do anything else. We were just there and it was gorgeous. And then we're going to go again to Santa Cruz in a couple days. And it's just like, I just want to be, clearly I need the beach. I don't know what's going on, but there you have it. <laughs> so I, I want to thank all you guys. I feel like this has just been an amazing delicious discussion. So thank you each um, for joining now and earlier this season. It's been such a treat. I cherish, and I deeply mean this, I really cherish each of our connections and the fact that we can have these discussions. So thank you. First speed round question, and we'll start, we'll go Laura, Kate, Deb, Michelle, Paula, and uh, is what is your favorite most recent red book? Laura, what do you got? Oh, just like three days ago, I finished reading Commonwealth by Ann Patchett. It was great. Yes. <laughs> and how about you, Kate? I am in the middle of The Paris Wife by Paula <laughs> McLean. Mm. Okay. Uh, Deb? Oh, well, my friend Paula recently sent me a copy of Daniela Port's White Hot Truth. <laughs> Thank you again. <laughs> Um, You're welcome. That has been pretty delicious. That's um, been great just for the reading and also been great for, you know, giving me writing prompts. So it's been fabulous. And Michelle Ward. Yeah, I am. I'm reading a novel right now because I'm such a novel lover and I don't allow myself to read it enough. But I'm in the middle of Arundhati Roy's um, latest novel, The Ministry of Utmost Happiness. And even though I love The God of Small Things, like, 20 years ago when it came out, I'm not like 90 pages in and I might give it up. So I guess the long answer in the lightning round is um, I just finished Chasing Slow by Aaron Lochner and um, that was pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> awesome. How and... that rousing recommendation. It was pretty good. <laughs> I'm trying to think like, what else did I read this summer? Um, I I have a um I have an autographed copy of Tim Gunn's Guide to Style, you guys. And so I just finished that before and I think I I think I probably liked it better than the other two books I mentioned. So <laughs> awesome. he like really it like names names. Like names them in the book. If you're interested in the fashion world and what people are really like, like he goes there. So it's a really good, like dumb summer sort of read. But fun and very nice guy. I met him. That's awesome. I on the on beach, the of course. Beach. Read yeah. bring it to the beach. Yeah, the spy by Paulo Coelho. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but the guy that wrote The Alchemist, mm -hmm. and it was about the spy Mata Hari. And I didn't know anything about her, but she's pretty cool and she's sexy. I mean, I guess. But so there you go. I would read that. Um. Okay, Laura, let's kick us off with the song you're jamming to in your jammies. Uh, it's like Moana all day, every day oh. at our house. So I guess I'll have to say the Moana soundtrack. <laughs> Goosebumps. Thank you. And you're welcome. Um, Kate. 
I hear that and I just want to be like, how far I'll go. <laughs> yes, over here too. Um, song though, Katy Perry, Rise. I just heard it for the first time last week and it's like, uh, that's been on auto repeat. Ms. Deb? Oh, um, Van Morrison's Bright Side of the Road. Always Van. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ms. Michelle? Um, I revisited Violent Femmes, the Violent Femmes album, which was, like might be my favorite album maybe ever, which I feel is a weird thing about me. (laughs) Um, But I haven't listened to it in years and years. And I just went and I did and I went like, oh my God, it just still holds up and it's amazing. So I'll give a shout out to Violent Femmes and Blister in the Sun. That's a good one. See, and I was going to say Justin Timberlake, the Just Dance (gasps) song from Trolls. That's on in my house too. It's, yeah, you can tell who, well, I mean, you don't have to be a kid to love these movies, but there you go. But then, you know what, what keeps coming up, and I go, oh my gosh, I love this, is Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I did not like in the 90s that much, but I'm like, oh, this is good. Well, let's just combo the next two, which is who inspires you, and in three words, joy is. So, Laura, up for you. Who inspires me? Um... Who inspires me? Honestly, right now, angry black women. <laughs> angry black women are inspiring me very, very much because um, they have something really powerful to say and they're not filtering it to be nice or be acceptable or be anything else. And I, I am learning so much from angry black women right now. Joy is joy is freedom. It is pure and it is play. Mm. Thank you. Hey, who is inspiring me right now? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Rich and Yvonne Dutra St. John of the Challenge Day organization for that. And Justin Hilton. He's part of their team, too. Um, and then I'm going to go with, oh, sorry, what was this? Oh, Joy Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joy Is. Uh, I think it Joy Is Freedom. Unconditional love. I'm going to call that one word because it's a concept. And um, and joy is, I'm just going to go with courage. Thank you, Kate. Ms. Mm-hmm. Deb. Um, well, each of the women on this call are not too shabby in the inspiration department. <laughs> um, so um, beyond them, I, I actually, you know, I like to go with me in five years um, because I like to imagine her kind of kicking my butt when I get tired or burned out, Um, you know, when I want to veg and just watch another episode of Colin Firth and Pride and Prejudice on Hulu because she will say, you know, keep going, girlene, there's work to do and Colin can wait, get to it. Um, And in three words... I think joy is worth reaching for. Mm. Yeah. Mm, I love it, Deb. Thank you. Thank you. Michelle. Um, who's inspiring me? Um, am I just going to keep talking about my kid? I think so. Like, she's the first mine, I think. You know, there's something about a three-year-old when she speaks, when she plays, when she cries, when she wants something. Um, when she's being loving, that is just, um, something we could all learn from. 
Um, and joy is the only way. <laughs> well, I will go. And then, wow, I can't believe we're done. But um, who inspires me? I will say I'll stick with the kid little uh, Zoom as his stage name. But um, there was a moment where I put him on a bus to go to summer camp, which was like, you know, this is the baby leaving the nest. He's six. And he was just excited. That's what's inspiring. Like he was just like, yeah, this is going to rock. And like, there's something about that openness to new experiences that that inspires me. He always inspires me. And in three words, joy is season two finale. Is that two cheese ball? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess also doing this podcast, there's three words. So I'll leave it there and say thank you guys so much. I I don't want to end this conversation. It's been such a treat to have you. And thank you all for listening. Yay. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Paula. Oh, ladies, thank you so much for being on the show this week. And here, as I said, is that special check-in from Sarah Von Bart. Hi, guys. This is Sarah Von Bargen of Yes and Yes. Um, And I had a really great time talking with you about joy and happiness and money. I'm so glad you liked my podcast. And um, I wanted to add a few more things to this awesome sort of group podcast. Uh, Paula asked me if I had any ideas about how to bring more joy to the world. Um, And I had four things that I wanted to share with you. I think one of the easiest things we can do is encourage people to talk about what makes them happy and what brings them joy. A lot of us um, can't really articulate or really specify what makes us happy or what brings us joy. And if you are lucky enough to be somebody who understands that about yourself, who understands what makes you happy, try and bring that out in others. When you hear them talking about something, the same topic all the time, and they're talking about it really excitedly, you can say, wow, it seems like, you know, skateboarding really brings you a lot of joy. Or, you know, clearly these aerial yoga classes make you super happy. You know, point that out to them because as crazy as it might sound, they <laughs> might not even realize how happy it makes them until somebody else points it out. Or if it's not weird, or if you're really close to the person, you can just ask them, you know, what have you been doing lately that's really made you happy? What have you been doing lately to to add more joy to your life? Uh, Obviously, that can sound sort of weird and maybe not a question you want to ask at like a networking conference. Um, But if you're close friends with somebody, ask them that. Um, Number two, I think it's important to be um, a living example. If you are living a joyful life, if you are prioritizing things that make you happy, you're showing other people through your actions that it's possible. Um, One of my favorite examples of this is Nicole Antoinette. She loves hiking and every summer she hikes the Pacific Crest Trail. She loves Harry Potter and she was just in England and she went to the Harry Potter place the the place where you do all the harry potter stuff in london she did like a huge instagram stories about it she talked about it she wrote about it and just seeing that can help other people realize like oh you know like i love this book or this tv show like there are tours for that there are meetup groups for that i could do that too so honestly just being a living example can be a huge thing um number three 
is sounds a little bit is a little bit easier said than done, but to make room for joy in your life. If you are overscheduled, if you are stressed out, if you do not have any free time, uh, it, it's hard to find time for joy in your life. If you are working 60 hours a week, if you are taking on responsibilities that you don't enjoy, it's going to be hard to prioritize your joy. So you can bring a lot more joy to the world by making space for it in your life. And when you make space for it in your life, you're also going to be able to be that example to other people. And lastly, I think you can encourage people that you're close to to pursue what makes them happy and brings them joy. You know, like maybe your partner has always wanted to do a solo camping trip, but they just can't seem to find the time. You can say, you know what, like I am happy to take the kid for the weekend you know, so you can go on this camping trip. If you have a friend who has always wanted to go to New York and see a Broadway play because that makes her super excited, but she can't swing that plus, you know, the cost of boarding her dog, you know, take care of her dog for her. If there's a way that you can help the people that you're close to do those things that bring them joy, do it. And it's probably pretty likely that they will eventually return the favor. So I hope those are some good ideas for you guys about how to bring more joy to the world, encourage people to talk about it, be a living example, make room for it in your life, and help other people do things that bring them joy. Um, thanks so much for listening, and I hope this was helpful. Good. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and an extra big special thanks to Kate, Michelle, Laura, Deb, and Sarah for being a part of the season two finale. Each of them has meant so much to me in my personal life and in this podcast, and it is so special to have them back for a just a roundtable format, and I thank them from the bottom of my heart for sharing everything that they have talked about in this episode. If you want to find links to any of their websites, or if you want to find out more about them, just go on over to my website at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash episode 101. If you've loved this show and you've been listening first, thank you so much for being a part of this amazing audience. Would you do me a favor as we're rounding out season two and share Jumpstart Your Joy with one person you know and send them over to the website? I would love it if you just share the joy with someone else and send them the link so that they can listen in too. With this being the season finale, my next show will be rolling out on October 3rd, 2017. I'm going to be taking the next few weeks to start recording new episodes, get a new headshot, create new cover art, and a brand new theme song, which of course is one of my favorite things. And I am going to take my very first true break from the show since I started recording it in July of 2015. So if you want your fix... There are a hundred other episodes to catch up on in the archives over at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And I hope you guys have an amazing September and that you'll come on back in October. (laughs) And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.